Welcome to episode 243. I am Gonzo. I'm John. And I'm Meredith. Welcome to a special guest episode. Today we're going to have Meredith on here as uh, someone that does a lot of vendoring. She works with Turbo Dork. She is like a super prevalent actress and got like all these cool <laughs> IMDb stuff. And uh, <laughs> she is like super rich beyond belief because, you know, Emma yep. has an IMDb, you know, page yep. is um, gotta me. be super rich. Oh um, uh, yeah. Yeah. All those credits, <laughs> all those credits paying my mortgage. Yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about, so this episode we're going to talk about vendoring at uh, conventions, working at Turbo Dork, talking about convention season. Um, also, uh, some of the new paint lines and, um, painting hobbies, also her life and what she's done. Um, but before we do that, we got to get into the business. We want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting all of our files and getting it up for everybody, uh, so we can have it. Uh, make sure you go and check them out and use the code more than dice and you can get a percentage off of all of the products in their store. Uh, we want to thank Parabellum War Games. Also, uh, don't forget, you can use more than dice there also and get 10% off your first order. Uh, if you like good uh, quality miniatures and a good regiment game, they're the people to go to. We also want to thank Turbo Dork, one of our sponsors. Um, provides some of the greatest metallic and color shifting paints on the market right now. Uh, make sure to check them out. Maybe I can get them to give us some more gifts. Or I was going to say, do we not have a mute? Oh, I, well, we'll have to fix that. We're yeah. going to have to fix that. We were just doing gift certificates for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget about Midnight Heroes. Um, they are doing some great chibi miniatures, also a great company. Um, and they will be doing a Kickstarter soon. And, of course, we'll have them on the show to talk about the Kickstarter when it actually starts to happen. Because uh, they're going to be doing an STL Kickstarter for some miniatures. So people can get that stuff pretty quick for a new line that they got coming out. Uh, but also don't forget about their miniature game that they have, and they're going to have a surprise miniature for Warfare Weekend only. Um, you'll have to wait and see that. We're working on that file and look right now as we speak. Um, so with that said, let's get to the what everybody definitely 100% wants to know. Meredith, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a very wonderful cocktail, which is an Adapino liqueur, which is a pineapple pine nut liqueur that comes specifically from santa fe springs just nope not santa fe springs santa fe distillery in santa fe new mexico and i've got an ounce pour of that with a half ounce of bullet uh bourbon and then we have a strawberry hibiscus shrub and a little bit of some uh bicarb water um Soda water, soda water. Sorry, I said everything. Everything's very British in my world. I was raised by wild Brits, but I'm not at all British, so I say say dumb things like aubergine and stuff. But yes, I'm drinking a beautiful pine nut and hibiscus cocktail that I made, uh, and I've been enjoying for the past month now. So this one drink I've been drinking for a month. See, Captain Izzy, she measures too. <laughs> you have to measure your booze. If you don't measure your booze, you're not going to get a good co cocktail. Otherwise, just drink it straight. What's the point? You know, cocktails are an art. Look at the glass. Like if if you can see this, I know for those on the audio side, you can't see the glass. See, yeah, just drinking straight. That's fine. Yeah, why even put in a glass? Just drink it out of a bottle. I mean, you know, why why dirty a glass? I don't want to look like an alcoholic. If, if you're drinking out of a bottle, then you have a problem. <laughs> no, you're not. That's the problem. Is just you have to do too many dishes. I mean. Tell, tell that to me and my bottles of wine. <laughs> so, John, what's on yes, the menu for you Yes, that is my cocktail tonight? for the night. Uh, mine's much simpler. Mine is just uh, 
Mountain Dew crowd red since I still saw, have some left from the uh, Code Fireballs. Uh, and that's mixed with uh, Red Stag uh, cherry. Uh, I, I want to call it whiskey. It's not really whiskey, but okay. cherry and, and whiskey mix. They can't really call it whiskey anymore because it doesn't have enough whiskey in it. I feel um, like you need to mix that with some cheer wine, too. Uh, could. They have that. Okay. The local uh, local stories don't. I mean, I'm a simple two steps in a small glass. Not that small. <laughs> it's a big gulp. I'd give it's you the measures, gulp, but it, it only matters in this cup. I measure everything in this cup because that's what I make. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going it it for... does blend pretty good, and it's it's tasty. Nice. I'm going for straight maker's mark tonight. Nothing else in it. Not a lot. Um, I did have to get my booster uh, Friday, and so Saturday I was like, Bleh. so I'm just going to have a little bit of drinks tonight. So if anybody does like a lot of hell hydrates, that's gone, and I just can't participate in it anymore. So You could drink water. You should also drink water. Do we have that please, in the house? Please drink water. It is very important. <laughs> <laughs> there are three things I drink in this world. It is water, it is alcohol, and it is coffee. And it is too late for coffee. I drink two of those things. Yep. Now I just didn't. I was like, I'm just going to stick with a little bit of alcohol, not much. I mean, um, me too. Only a little bit. Only a little bit. The entire bottle. It was not the whole bottle. It was maybe half of the bottle today. <laughs> I've been drinking since like I don't know, ten thirty. <sighs> I Let's thought you were going to say since you were 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, funny story. I didn't start drinking until my 30s. Wow. Interesting. My fiance, actually, the same way. He didn't start into his 30s either. So, At a certain point, we started working for Games Workshop. You realize they're all alcoholics, and then it's just a self-defense mechanism. Wow. So journalists and Games Workshop employees have a lot in common. Uh, oh, Captain Mizzy says she's drinking dragon's milk, uh, and then Hinton's doing a glass of red wine. Uh, Very nice. Captain Mizzy also Captain says Manian's that... having stomach problems. Well, Captain Mizzy says she does measure. Half and half is a measurement. I it mean, is. It's technically alcohol, a measurement. Half a mix. Yeah, it is. That, that is a measurement. <laughs> just, just don't say fuck it. I'm just going to drink more alcohol until I'm done. That's not okay. God, this just reminds me of my days as a cosplayer at anime conventions, uh, mixing drinks over a toilet and putting them into, like, Sprite bottles. I was yeah. overage, by the way. I was well over 21, well into my 30s. But, you know, there's photo evidence of a girl that might look like me in a Sailor Moon cosplay making a cocktail over a toilet at a bathroom in a southern convention. Just saying. <laughs> Wait, Banyan, I actually fulfilled two of those three criterias. <laughs> Spoiler, I've never been a journalist. <laughs> um so with that said, um what shout outs do we have this week? Anybody got it? Meredith, do you have anybody you want to shout out to this week? Yeah, I wanna shout out to uh No. No, there's no one I want to shout out to this week. I want to shout out to my cats for puking all over my, my rugs today. It was great. <laughs> shout out to my keeping it real my cats are keeping it real now um yeah let's let's do a real shout out let's uh let's shout out to all the people who are coping with the uh, ogl drama from watsi oh. shout out to you y'all are real ones <laughs> oh that's one we got to cover oh. that one was really good no we really <laughs> john you don't want to handle that one tonight 
Do you, do you want a rant? Because I've got like. Okay. You said you didn't a have a rant, John. Now you have a rant. Look. I, I didn't expect you, you talking about that. My, my Twitter feed is like OGL nonsense all over the place. <sighs> Anyways. No, they, um, did, yeah. they did not back up from it. No, they didn't. Not. They, doubled, they doubled down. Like, might have tripled like a, down. Yeah, yep. like a triple down. Like a like a Arby's double triple stack heart attack burger. They tripled down on that. Uh, actually, Gonzo, I did find a shout out. Um, Adam Rich is an actor. He was a child actor. Um, did a lot of stuff. He's most known for Eight is Enough. And then also, uh, he was Preston the Magician, uh, magician on the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yeah. He passed on I the saw... 7th, so yesterday. Bad. Um, also, oh, a shout out uh, to uh, EMTs. Uh, yes. For people who know that the ENTs that helped save um, the gentleman's life, um, I'm going to say this or anything: they're underpaid, underappreciated, and they do uh, put up with a lot of shit. Um, Mar Hamlin from the, the Bills. Yeah, yeah, that was a scary situation when that went down last Sunday, and those the EMTs were right on that. That was Monday night, yeah, and they and yeah. they were on it. Or and... Monday night. And the NFL made the right decision. And I also want to give an anti shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers for making fun of the situation during a sack celebration. You clashless fuckers. Oh, yeah. fuck that. Fuck that. I mean, it's the Steelers. I kind of expect yeah. but that. Still, but still, come they're on. They're not usually that blatant. Yeah. No, fuck that. So, there you go. Guys, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. If you can't join us live, we appreciate you listening to us on the air. I know a lot of people listen to us in their cars, and we appreciate that no matter what. We see the views. We see the listens. Um, we highly appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, if you have something you want us to cover, just send us a message. We'll try to find out. Cover. If there's a game you want us to test out, game you want us to review, no problem for the product you want us to review, let us know. I mean... John's super rich. I mean, he can buy whatever he wants. So, you know, we just, you know, let him pay for everything. Um, Is he talking? Type stuff. <laughs> uh, also, if you are planning to come in out to Adepticon, make sure you uh, find me. And Meredith will be there. Uh, give a shout out and come say hi. Uh, maybe if you come and see me, I might have something to you. If you tell me you listen to More Than Dice, I uh, might have a product to give to you. If not, we'll worry about it later. Uh, from all of us, please be healthy. Please be safe. If you see something going on, say something. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers to that. Whew. You're almost done there, Gons. Yeah, I oh. didn't. I didn't put a, a lot in there today. Um, you can always add water. Water it down. No negative. No. Or just have no. the water afterwards. Yeah. There you go. I'll have the water afterwards. I mean, I'll have the water and fish food ice cream after I'm done with this. Didn't have to add ice cream. I just want to think about you eating fish food. I think that's great. I just want to see you putting those little flakes in your mouth. I think it's just, that's fantastic. You don't fantastic. put them in your mouth. You can put them in the water and then drink it. That'll there work you go, out. right? <laughs> Live your best fish life, Gonzo. Come on. Now, there's this ice cream that is, I love the shit out of it. It's called Fish Foods by Ben & Jerry's. It's mm -hmm. chocolate, caramel, marshmallow, and little chunks of chocolate fish. It is like so, so bad for you, but it is so, so good. And I haven't had ice cream in a long time. Oh, I, I love ice cream. Oh, I am on a me and me and ice cream cannot cannot share the same space at the moment. But I love ice cream so much. 
at some point you have to accept that you actually have a dairy allergy, right? Right? At yes. some point, maybe. Well, you don't have to accept it. And sometimes yeah. he just goes and eats the ice cream and then says, "I'm just gonna fucking deal with it." Yeah, yeah. it's kind of me too. Like, yeah. So, but we're trying. My glute- new year, new my, you. My gluten-free friends are the same way. Sometimes just like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna have gluten. I'll deal yeah. with it later." I know. That's how I feel about mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Hit and B had some Americone Dream, which Ooh, is Ooh. another very Heck, good yeah. one. I got some of that in the freezer too. Uh, and now, the, what is I, my, what is the, actually, what's the cookie dough brownie one that Ben and Jerry's oh, yeah. does? That's that my favorite. That's too. my jam. We um, never I'm, go I'm off. I'm kind of that. simpler. I usually just go to the local supermarket that has their own brand, and I buy their chocolate marshmallow because I like two things in life: and it's chocolate and marshmallow. Good. No, you know what Missy says there are dairy free ice cream options. There are, but that's not real ice cream. I mean, really, why 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 put something that's inferior into my body if I'm gonna if I'm gonna gain the weight from it anyways, I'd rather have the stomach ache to go with it. Uh no, I actually used to be vegan for seven years. It was a wild, wild ride of my life. Um and most of the, the vegan ice cream options are just coconut based and it's like everything just tastes like coconut. Which is great. Yeah. You want a pina colada, but I'm not in market. If you like pina coladas. Exactly. Wow, I just like referenced uh, two different genres of music or two different bands, but that's fine. That's what I do. Yeah, exactly. So I, I guess is I am assuming Gonzo is painting, but this is where we just see the part of his head while he paints. Is this the part of the we program? See, that's why we keep the stream up normally, so I can see that he's painting the blackjack now. Oh, I see. That's well, why we look black. at the delay. I understand now. Oh, look at that, Vance. So, with that, Meredith, you are our special guest. And while I'm going to be painting a, painting a blackjack uh, and working on this stuff for Adepticon, because this is the, the, one of the last models I have to paint for Adepticon, um, who are you and why are you super rich and have an IMDb uh, page? Uh, well, obviously, I have an IMDb page because I'm super rich and I paid for it. I mean... Duh, that's how everyone does it. No. Does it have a blue check mark? Uh, it, it, yeah, but it says it, it says uh, this person uh, uh, may or may not be important because they were verified before the system came. Or what does it say? No, this is a legacy well, verified account. It may or may well not be played. notable. Well played. Uh, yeah. Uh, hi, who am I? Um, I'm a person that uh, agreed to be on this podcast because. I can't say no, apparently. Uh, no, uh, no I'm really feeling. happy to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm Meredith. I I currently am the CEO of Turbo Dork. We make fun and metallic paints. We do the weird shifty uh, and bright, shiny, super metallic paints. It actually is, I mean, while I'm the CEO, the company uh, truly belongs to my fiance, Greg DiStefano, who created and founded the company five years ago because he wanted a purple metallic to paint an Emperor's Children Army. Fun story, that purple metallic exists in People Eater, that Emperor's Children Army still hasn't seen the light of day. So... Uh, and I often think the company succeeded out of spite, as all the best things do, because uh, at the time I was a uh, talk show host. Uh, we were living in Los Angeles. I was a on-air talk show host um, working for TYT, Comic Book Resources, ComicBook.com, um, IGN sister site, Geek.com. Uh, Greg was a commercial celebrity uh, entertainment photographer, and I said to him, don't quit your day job, because, of course, the idea of shooting celebrities is glamorous and great. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so five years later, this is our day job. And uh, actually, I couldn't be happier. Um, it's it's weird to think that I left a 20 year career of journalism. That's what I did for for 20 years. I was a producer. I was a writer. I was on air. I worked for uh, NBC Network News. I worked for NBC local affiliates. I've worked digitally. I've written for for papers. Um, I've somehow appeared in films. That's the IMDb thing. Uh, You'll see one is a, a little short film called 222. My friend Stephen Shea uh, was one of the first short films he did, and he needed some background people at a goth club uh, where you could usually find me on a Saturday night uh, in Orlando <laughs> when I was in college. And um, so, yeah, I was a background vampire dancer. And then um, some of the other credits I think on there are actually from some of the more nerdy stuff I did. I appeared in a Library Bards video. Uh, Library Bards are a wonderful duet of uh, Bonnie Gordon and Xander Genere, and they do uh, nerdy parody songs. And I was Black Widow in one of their parody videos. But um, I think the credit I'm most proud uh, on that thing is uh, self appearing as self. No, um, a couple years ago. <laughs> I uh, one of one of my dear friends and Greg's mentor, Dan Winters, a, an amazing photographer, wanted to dabble in short films. And he, I get a call. This is in 2017. And he calls me up and he says, hey, Meredith, I'm working on a short film. I'm like, cool. Awesome. That's great. Have fun. He's like, yeah, I would love you to be involved. I was like at the time I, I do a lot of costume design. I, I used to cosplay. And it was just like a hobby of mine. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe he wants help with costuming. And I was like, yeah, anything you need, I'll design it for you. I'll sew it. Don't worry. I got you. He's like, no, I want you to star in it. And I'm like, no. So yeah, you want me to make the star's costume, right? And he's like, no, I, I want you to be the main character. And I'm like, yeah, but Dan, I'm not an actress. And he, I'm like, you know, I'm the only person who moved to LA to not be an actress specifically. And he's like, yeah, but I kind of wrote this with you in mind. So you're going to start taking acting classes. And, uh, uh, that was a beautiful passion project that took up three years of my life. And I don't know if anyone will see the film, but it's a beautiful little sci-fi romance, uh, dystopian film. Um, and that is probably why I actually have an IMDb because of that project with Dan. Uh, and not because I pay $25 a month to have IMDb plus. Awesome. <laughs> that's, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> so you've been doing the Turbo Dork stuff. And just recently, you had come to Warfare Weekend, which I was glad that y'all came. I've been looking forward to having y'all there. You had so uh, much fun. I'm glad. Um, there's certain things I like. And, you know, having fun is our major one. Um, hey, that poke place 10 minutes down the road tops anyways yes we were at warfare weekend and one of the things that came up is you know besides you doing the paint line uh y'all brought a special product and y'all actually sold that more than pretty much paint what was that thing that y'all sold so a couple years ago greg uh had an idea that he wanted a silicone paint palette and because you know we all have these plastic or glass paint palettes especially those little cheap plastic ones for a dollar fifty they build up with paint and you have to scrub them out or you just throw them away exactly just like what you see on screen um but the reality with something like that is it will generate waste. Uh, you know, even if you use it for a year and build a paint, you throw it away. So one of the big things with, with Turbo Dork is I, we very much are very sustainable. Like, yes, we're making acrylic paint, but how can we make it sustainable and ethically was we wanted to come up with a silicone paint palette. So Greg had this idea and he worked on it for years. And then I finally said, cool, we're going to do this. And then I uh, made it happen. 
And now we have a, I, don't, I wish I had one with me. I actually don't allow any painting at the house. We have a new house and I won't let paints in here. Um, but it's, uh, <laughs> you can get it in white or black and they have, we have a little, do you have any on you, Gonzo? No, I did not get any. I was not able to, when I went to go try to get one, um, y'all had already closed up shop because of course, you know me, I don't get to. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Well, yeah, they're and, on the website. Mine's just we still in the shopping cart. Oh yeah. Well. We can we can fix that. We can fix that. Uh, but yeah, so there you can buy one in black and white. We have a little four pot one and a larger one that you can have uh, eight paints plus a little mixing thing in between. And really what it does is when your paint dries, you can pop it out. But it's specifically meant for your contrast paints, your metallic paints, paints that you can't use on a wet palette. Because obviously, you know, you can do your regular opaque paints on a wet palette, but God forbid you start to put your turbodork metallics, or anyone's metallics, not just stars, or your your any of your, your contrast, instant, potion, pot, easy express paints, you don't want to use those on a wet palette. So in the, the silicone palette, you can do all that in there. And we even have little wells that you can bring them up if you want to blend, because um, I love blending colors. I love playing with colors. Um, and then you let it dry within however long the paint takes to dry. You go pop. And uh, it's clean. It does attract cat hair, as silicone products are want to do, or any hair, but really cat hair. Um, and, uh, oh, is that a posture check? Is that on me? Yeah, that's me. Uh, um, yep, yeah, sorry, that's me. Uh, and, uh, wow. yeah, it's really cool. I'm really proud of it. Sorry I talk a lot. I get really excited talking about things Greg designs. He's very smart and very cool. Well, that's a fight. That's, you know, that's the reason why you're on here, so you can talk about that stuff. No, it's... So that's a good product because, I mean, I have, uh, technically speaking, three pallets over here. None of them are fully clean, um, and I hate having to clean them because the easiest way to clean them is not to actually wash them, is actually take your PVA glue, get it get it thin, and just brush it over the whole thing, then peel everything off. But you're taking a step out of that and less waste again. Yeah, and just regular dish soap and water cleans it, you know, so you don't even have to do any harsh harsh cleaning for it. So I was really happy to see that brought to market and uh and it's one of those things that the prices you know it's it's there are hand poured handmade um you know we had them prototype they're made here in america there's a, a one individual who makes all of them a wonderful guy caleb um you know it's it's one of those things that we would like to maybe make on a larger scale but we have a very level of ethics i'll be real honest i don't want to bring something to overseas necessarily and mass produce it one you risk it getting knocked off but two like but we are looking at uh, uh hopefully to to do a larger production run here to hopefully bring the cost down but right now if you do you know yes it's 25 dollars for the little one 40 for the larger one but you're actually paying someone like a living wage to make these so yeah Plus, like, it seems like a lot until you re think about how much you may have spent on pallets through the years. Exactly. I mean, now I'm weird, and I have the same two or two of the same three I bought way, way back when. I've had these for probably a decade. But still, I mean, nice. if you use the cheap ones, then yeah. you're going to get rid of them frequently. And and why not have a good one that that works better? Exactly. I'm all yeah. for that. So, yeah. The yeah. needs to be uh, smothered in PVA glue. Yeah, this one is, I mean, the, uh, you're right. I buy these, these little plastic ones that you get from Walmart. They're like uh, two or three bucks for, you know, three of them or whatever. And by the time it gets to roughly around this thing, I'm chunking it in the trash. Yeah. Because and, there's not much know. you can do with it by then. 
I mean, you can. You just got to work at it. Yeah, but it's all time. You can get it clean. You just got to spend the time. Yeah, but I don't want to spend the time on a $3 piece of crap. Or a dollar something piece of crap. Exactly, yeah. That's also another sneaky thing about a higher price thing is you take care of it more because it costs you more. Yeah. So... So yeah, so that was the fun little thing, and and we were we were actually going to debut it later, but we had a couple prototypes, and we're like, you know, let's bring it out. We we liked we liked Warfare Weekend enough; the people were fun enough. We're like, let's do this for them. They were really cool. Huh, nice. Well, I know that you know we, we we were you and I were talking about it, and it came out, and you were like, these things are selling really well, and people are really liking yeah. these. And Damn. I was like, I didn't even know what they were until that y'all had them until you started talking about it, and I was like, yeah. Oh. No, we we didn't even we hadn't even launched anything about it. It was like the, a true soft launch at Warfare Weekend, and we we made we sold more of those, and we did paint. Which you know, it's a catch twenty two. You go to a show where people know your product and they use your product, but paint you only you don't need to buy paint that often. Like maybe your blacks and reds and whites and yellows. So it's nice to like we're learning to diversify. Like what other products can we bring to market that? you know, are, no one else is really doing. I, I, we love to innovate on things. We love to come up with solutions to problems. I don't need to reinvent certain wheels if something good already exists. I want something that's going to, you know, make people happy. Because at the end of the day, like Greg and I are, are nerds. He wanted, when he started Turbo Dork and he put his, like, he came up with like 16 colors and he put them online, his kind of hope was like, well, maybe some friends will buy them and I can buy some more of my gray shame. Um, you know, and, and we've really lucked out that this has become a, a a career, a job, a, a passion, a livelihood for us. Um, but at the end of the day, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't love it and love the community and, and love what we do. So it's kind of neat. I'm just going to say, love being used a... to make more cool metallics like uh, life on Mars, which is my favorite. I love life on Mars. Yeah. We've got some, I, I, I've been actually last week um, we started R and D again. So we've been cooking up some new stuff. I'm pretty excited. Um, I can't say too much, but I will say I am excited for anyone who has a VIG bag at Adepticon. Let's just say that. Ooh, ooh, I got one. I got one. <laughs> so, I we'll a, say that. I got a VIG at Adepticon. Yay, I know. God, that was so stressful. It was like San Diego Comic-Con all over again. Uh, and, 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 you know, we're vendors, so we're technically, we have a space, you know, but yeah. just like, I wanted to sign up for painting classes today. Gone. All of them gone. Completely gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Zambi said on Twitter that uh, her sold out super duper quick. Yeah, yeah, same with like Sean McAfee. I saw he sold out all of his. Um, you know, I'm just hoping to even get some FaceTime with some of these people. I just want to like give a high five to like Lil Legends. Like that guy's so dope. I love his work so much. He's inspired. Oh, there will be plenty of times Me. that you could get and hang out with them because I'm sure they'll, they'll come to the painting area, come to Fort Wapple and hang out at Fort Wapple. Yeah, I'm there. excited to meet the Wapples. I, I, I've only recently gotten to know of them. Um, I don't and, know if they're going to make it this year. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's fair. You know, but you know, that's where a lot of people, that's where all the artists hang out. So you can hang out there on your, nice. you know, the vendor halls closed. Um, and a lot of people just hang out there to get drunk and hang out. <laughs> nice. Very nice. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's the, that's the big turbo dark product launch from last year. So I don't know. I don't know. There's stuff going on for this year, but it's well, all in development. Talking about that, going to conventions and stuff, there's been, I mean, convention season technically has started up, uh, you know, and 
LVO is started up. What conventions are y'all planning on going to? Oh, us? Yes, so, Turbo Dork. Okay, so we've got Las Vegas Open at the end of the month, mm-hmm. um, coincidentally in Las Vegas. Then um, I'm off for a month because I'm having eye surgery. Uh, I have uh, I have misaligned vision, so we're doing eye muscle surgery, fun stuff. Then I believe March is Adepticon, mm-hmm. and we've got Gamma, which is a B2B trade show. Um, and that's in Reno. And then... We'll hopefully be back at PAX Unplugged. That was a brilliant show. Um, maybe we'll be in St. Louis. I don't know. I can't confirm to that. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're testing the waters with conventions. Um, really, we considered our convention season started with Warfare Weekend in November um, because we've had a show every, every weekend since. Uh, we haven't really done shows, and we want to see if it's even something that's profitable for us. Now, profitable doesn't mean like making a ton of money, but it means at least making breaking even and getting to, to talk to people and, and connect. So, so far, conventions have been very good to us. Um, so, yeah. So, and then I'm actually not even, technically, I'm not even working at LVO. I'm going strictly for painting classes. Greg will be vending. He'll ha- his best friend's coming out to help him run the booth. But I'm actually just going simply to learn at LVO. Awesome. Yeah, but like um, you know, let me know they're... if you make it to uh, God, Nova Open. That's my backyard. Yeah, I, I, you know, we don't. We've thought about doing Nova, uh, Atlantis Comics and Games, Atlantis Games. They uh, sell for us at Nova. Okay. Uh, yeah, but we've think we've thought about if if we do go to Nova, we'll just go and maybe like drop in at their booth and just like hang out. So. Well, let me know. I can make an make an appearance if uh, that happens. Heck yeah, it goes yeah. Nova I, so much. I'm not a, I'm not so much tournaments anymore. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a filthy casual. Like I'll be real honest. Um, I am starting to think about entering maybe painting competitions because I've really been enjoying that. But I haven't. You know, it's funny. Uh, in the preamble, you all were talking about games you've played. Um, I'm happy if my Pathfinder group meets once once a month. I can't tell you the last time I've played a freaking tabletop game i mean i had an when i lived in los angeles i had an aos uh group that i played with and it was only because i paid money into it so it committed me to go because it was a, a um what do you call that the a league a league yeah. that's what they call it um but i haven't i don't get to play many games maybe i played boop boop's really cute it's a cat game it's uh, I, I, I have to play a role-playing game but I actually purchased Booped for uh, Captain Mizzy and Erica as a Christmas gift. Oh my god, I hope they've gotten to play it. We had so yeah. much fun. It was like the number one um, selling game at PAX Unplugged, we found out. so. But yeah, the convention circuit has been crazy. So, a little history about myself. I, I, I may have mentioned, I used to cosplay. I used to love cosplaying. I was one of those kids who would like probably spend more money on costumes than I would on food for myself and go go to anime and, and pop culture conventions cosplaying. And I loved that. And so I, I've attended conventions as a fan. Um, then I got to the really cool point where I was an invited guest uh, as a cosplayer and as a, a MC. Like I, I was, I've been at um, San Diego Comic Con. I've done Apple City. Uh, Puppers is barking. Um, uh, it's TJ. Aww. 
uh, you know, and, and they've, I've been really grateful in my actual like professional career to be invited to host main stage or live streaming events. Now I'm on the complete other side of things as a vendor. And that actually, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, is kind of the coolest because, you know, as a vendor, there's not a lot of expectations on you. Everyone wants to be your friend because you have something cool that you want to sell and you just get to be a nerd. Like I forgot, like I was actually probably a little bitter on conventions for a while uh, just because, you know, when you go hard in that, that, that fandom, it, it can be a l little bit of rough life and, you know, not everyone's the greatest person. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do conventions, if we're, if we're showing, maybe I'll just sit it out. But I, it's reignited my love for, for fan events again. Um, and the gaming world itself is something I'm, I'm new to going to the trade, those shows and, you know, the people have surprised me and not in a bad way. Maybe at LVO, it's in a bad way. But the other shows I've done, it's been pretty good. <laughs> I don't even think LVO will be a bad way. Most of those guys there are okay. I mean, like, I'll, I'll make fun oh, of no, tournament 2020, players. 2020 was like, uh, I'll, I'll talk to the man in the booth. And I'm like, cool, you want to talk to him about a color I created, but have fun, buddy. <laughs> so, as I said, I work in customer service, and unfortunately, that's prevalent. I've worn, my two newest tires are both... Uh, uh, military wives. I said, look, mm. sometimes people are just not going to listen to you. You're going to transfer them to me. I'm going to tell them word for word what you just said, and they're suddenly going to be okay. Yeah. I hate it, but it's the fucking way of the world, unfortunately. And I can't change it from here, but it is yeah. stupid and dumb. Yeah, but so that's why I think also why I told Greg, I'm like, if I go to LVO, I'm taking painting classes. I don't want to deal with the CS side of things. That's fair. But but it's but you know look that's that's also not my vibe like yeah. I I love the folks that run like everyone that we've dealt with at at um at uh, Las Vegas Open have been fantastic I love Kicker and everyone but like the fandom hey I get it man you know what I'm not here to play your games either so it's fine <laughs> I'll go I'll go win another four hundred dollars at blackjack like I did last time <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> So we were going to talk about, so you've been talking about role-playing games and getting your mm -hmm. group together, so on and so forth. And John and I are big role players also. Um, John and I both run a lot of games. Are you typically the someone that runs the games or are you typically the people that get to play? Because John and I, we don't hardly ever get to play. No. I, I, am, mean, I have actually never gotten to run a game. Uh, always the player, never the GM. I'm going to give you some controversial advice. Don't start running a game unless you absolutely fucking have to, because then you will <laughs> no, never be able actually, to stop. Actually, yeah, I'm not, I don't say that actually with a lot of uh, disdain. I, yeah. I love playing. I, you know, I, I again, not an actor, but I love playing characters. My, my last game got uh, got uh, basically crushed by COVID, so, and that was the only time I'd gotten to play in like three years. Oh, so it's been many many years. I mean, I run games and all, so I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. As I like to say in my C-3PO quote, it's my lot in life. I was made to suffer. Aww. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I've never played Pathfinder. This is my first, and we're doing 1E. We're not We're not doing 2E. Um, it's a little rules heavy, but luckily our GM is not. Yeah, 3.5 yeah. was a bit rules heavy, and Pathfinder is based off that. I've never actually played yeah. Pathfinder, but yeah, I understand. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been playing, I've been playing D&D since advanced Dungeons and Dragons so it is very you know you're right it's very 3.5 but um but I'm loving it I love our our DM has created his own world uh we pray to Nagash <laughs> you <Yeah>. know 
<laughs> so he obviously has a lot of 40k love uh in there but um but it's been fun uh but it's you know it one of our players still works in the um photography and film industry so it's always working around travel and then now that Schedule, he mentions, yeah. Yeah, yeah but but it was really nice so we played last night we were playing again in a week. Normally, we play every other week, but I'm like, no, we haven't played in a month and a half. We're playing every night we can until we have to go to Vegas. So, no, that's good. That's a good idea when you when you've got the opportunity, do it. Yeah, and I'm playing for the first time ever uh, a support. I've never played a cleric or any sort of support healer character, and uh, she's fun. She's really fun. Um, we're playing an evil campaign, so she's an evil cleric, and oh. we have we have dead already that we can raise, but. Uh, I actually, it was nice to kind of use my uh, channeling energy last night to like beat up a bunch of uh, rat folks. So, so it's funny. The last fantasy I did, I actually ran a fantasy game. It started off as uh, Genesis, which is Fantasy Flight's game system, and then that didn't really work as well as it wanted. So we switched over to another system. But one, they were heroes. One of the guys was actually a necromancer. Had written this whole story like, I want to be a necromancer, and here's my idea that. You know, we're doing this because the dead can do all the menial tasks the humans don't want to. And I'm like, you know what? Let's roll with that. <laughs> I feel like that is how my, my DM set, sees things. Like, he's having us, like, we had to, like, pledge to this new god Nagash, and basically we're raising dead. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I like where this is going, but, you know, it is nice to have a giant rat ogre to carry these chests for us. Like... For a couple sessions, the best party member, or one session, was the uh, the undead troll they raised that just wrecked everything in its yeah. path. Yeah, Greg raised this Radiger last night who's got a uh, 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 claw bite claw, and I'm like, don't get rid of him. Keep him. He's he's the MVP of this this group, so... Um, I know, and then now we're planning a one-shot with uh, one of our, our uh, workers. She's gonna GM a, a one-shot, and I'm pretty excited, because that'll be in... in... 5e and greg's never played like traditional DD, and i haven't played a 5e since it came out so i haven't played DD since fourth edition so yeah yeah i i used to go hard on eberron was kind of my jam so that was a cool one i never got yeah. a chance to but it was cool i was always a i want to be a dragonlance guy but as we all know dragonlance is really really difficult to run a game in because it's hard to make the pcs feel like they're doing something no. Because the, because the best time to run it is War of the Lands because yep. you know there's interesting stuff. But you know at the end of the day you're not doing the things. I know. The, Unless you're actually role playing the the major the characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I actually. Uh, so I I love Dragonlance. That's kind of yeah. my my. I'm actually love currently song. rereading it. So. Same. Yes. Yeah, so Greg and I are, are redoing the audiobooks when we travel. Um, uh, and yeah, like I I don't you know i'm really happy to see the ip regain again yeah. mm -hmm. uh it's great um you know but at the same time i have zero interest in playing a large-scale war faction like that yeah it's uh. it's you need a really really good game master to run something like that so well, yeah. I, we always did a lot of forgotten realms and stuff and i've actually started i've had my own fantasy world i think every gm I eventually think, yeah. ends up with their own fantasy world mm -hmm. just to do what they want um, but I think actually our next game, just to give you a little spoiler, if you want to see my elevator pitch for our next campaign, go watch the intro for the old cartoon called Thunder of the Barbarian. So that's the oh. elevator pitch for my next campaign. Oh, sir, that is going to be fun. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it's going to make my players do a little more work. And, you know, yeah. one of them is willing to do the work. 
two of them, one of them in the chat room, doesn't seem to be interested in doing as much of the work and stuff. He's there to oh. hang out and have fun. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Banyan. Straight up. <laughs> but, uh, you know. We'll um, talking about the Dragonlance, I did get the new campaign book that came out. And mm-hmm. I've been reading through that. I originally thought that I wanted to play in it. But, of course, you know, GMs, they don't ever get a chance to play. They're always running stuff. Uh, <laughs> and you're always starting out. In this campaign, you start out at first level. And you're actually doing a side part of the story. Uh, so you're not in the major port part of it. Uh, but it actually been pretty good. I've only read, like, the first f- five levels because you get to play. You don't level per you know, points, you level, yeah. level part doing stuff. And they tell you they need yeah, to be level two at this it's point. milestone to... rather than. Mm-hmm. Correct. The milestone's a good idea, actually. Yes. And it's great it's for this. Idea. Yeah. And so um, I was playing, I was looking through this and it actually was done pretty well. Um, what I did find very interesting about this is I was reading the book and I was looking at the pictures and I had that epiphany that crap, I have not seen art like this in a long time or ever. I should say not a long time. Um, a female armored character that's not wearing a bikini armor. She's wearing full knight, uh, Salomonic knight armor. Oh, you mean Jeff Easley didn't do all the art for the yeah. book? <laughs> and she's an older lady. And, you know, I'm seeing different races, different wow. ethnicities. And, you know, it was just, and there was actually a picture of two men kissing at a carnival. And I was like, it just kind of threw me back. I mean, for me, I mean, we're all accepting of this, but I'm just like, I, I, it's still, I don't see it so often that it's still kind of a, still a, you know, a, a shock when I see this and I'm like, wow. Uh, and it was really cool. And I text a couple people saying, Hey, dig this and stuff. But, um, going into the book and reading and it, um, it, they did really well with the Dragonlance world, uh, that they've got. The characters are definitely Dragonlance feel. Um, the, you know, of course they include Kinder in there. Um, and then, yeah. uh, the two, you know, the, the mages and the three different robe colors and different things. I haven't finished reading the whole thing yet because I'm thinking that if my people at my work want to run and do a D and D campaign, I thought this would be perfect. I don't have to do a lot of work per se, yeah. but I mean, it's something that's compact. It's a world they don't know. Nobody knows it. And they're brand new, so it wouldn't be like a big shock to them to not have, why isn't there, you know, XYZ races in this? Because they don't know. Uh, Yeah, and you could look at the timeline and see some of the side things that happen and have them be the characters that do that. Exactly. Or I go between book one and book two, like there's a whole thing about how the Hammer of Paris is found. Yes. And they don't go into it all. And they actually cover part of that in some of their books. Yeah, and that would be a fun side, like that would be a fun campaign in itself. You, yeah. can do, you can do all sorts of you just gotta really get into the the uh setting and figure out where their opportunities are um it's tough it's yeah. not easy yeah dragon yeah. lance while it is a great world and i love it to death it is a very hard to be like you said john it, you can't it's also kind of low fantasy which is kind yeah. of the anti D. and the thing is is you're not you're not the center of the story in this whether you like yeah. it or not, you're well, not the center character. The thing is, you just got to scale the story right so they seem like the center, right? Correct. And that's what this this what this like campaign does. Like the characters does. in Rogue One aren't the center of the say, story, but yeah, they can it's just, feel like it. Yeah. Like Rogue One is like one of the best things that's come out of the Star Wars universe 
ever, in my opinion. But you you really get to see the scale of like what one small ragtag team can do to the overarching good of, of a story. And I think if, if someone's going to run a successful Dragonlance campaign, that's how they they need to be someone. Honestly, I, you know, I'm not I don't want to gatekeep. But if you love the lore and you love Dragonlance, you will know how to run a very successful Dragonlance mm-hmm. campaign. Yeah, it's going to require a lot more work than some of the other games. You can't. Yeah. Unlike the average game where you can wing it, you mm-hmm. can't wing this. you got to be ready. Yeah. Uh, and in reference to your other stuff, Gonzo, uh, for all of their many faults, Wizards of the Coast is very, very, I'll use the term, woke. Yeah. And that's cool. I <laughs> describe myself as woke, and I don't care yeah. if anyone thinks that's a negative. You just... but, but, like, like okay, let's, let's just, you know, go into this right now. Uh, here's the thing. The people on the ground level at, 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 Dungeons and Dragons at WotC who are doing the writing, the the editing, the the character and world design are fantastic people. They know yes. it, they love it. They're hiring passionate people who love what they're doing. But you have these executives who are coming from the video game world, who are coming from, from Hasbro. You know, from Hasbro again, and also their new their new VP coming from the video game world. They're so out of touch, and all they see are the dollar signs. They want the microtransactions. They want to make all the money. Like, they see it's, that sweet, sweet critical role yeah. money, and they like we want some of this. Well, they already have it. Cool. I know. It's, yeah. I don't um, realize, but it's... yeah. Well, there was a quote from the CEO that says D and D is under monetized, and that just gives you all the idea that you need to think so, about. So yeah. I know where you're going, Gonzo. Let's just uh, address the elephant in the room of the OGL. And I have a lot of opinions on it, and they're varying. Um, and the first is that the OGL was was necessary for D&D survival when it came out. But the way it was written was... You can tell that no one higher up took a look at that fucking thing. They left, let that was a Chris Darcy just do his fucking thing. Like, oh, cool, go do your thing, man. And... Like, from a corporate standpoint, that is not something you ever fucking do. They literally ended up creating their own worst enemy. Yeah. That would be Pathfinder, for those of you at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and while I think what they're trying to do with revoking something that was meant to be unrevoked is ill-advised at the very least, skeezy, maybe? Corporate? If they, yeah, if they can legally do it, Look, I know you guys are raging. Don't ra- stop raging about it, and don't get on the Watsi employees' case. Yeah. They can't oh, yeah. control it. If it's legally possible, they'll do it because they're a fucking company. And I'm here to tell you, you know, you get Meredith doing stuff that she loves, but you know, she still has to look at the bottom line. If she can't make a living going to cons, she can't go to cons. That's that's the the harsh reality of it. And if they can't keep D and D going without doing something stupid like this, then maybe they can't. No, I think the, they can, but I think that yeah, I think they can. I think they just want to make. I think what but what you said, you hit the nail on the head. Is they see they see the money coming in from certain actual play shows that mm-hmm. are driving the industry, getting their own animated television shows where like the movie their own movies have failed, um, and they they want that money and they realize that the licensing worked out by certain companies. They're not going to see that dime. So what they're mm-hmm. going after are all these other people who honestly are never going to be that you have this once in a lifetime thing that happened organically from a group of friends that happened to be in the right place at the right time with the right fan base and the right skills and the right skills. And you're never going to see that. You're never going to see that. And they're all, and all the people are worried about like, Oh, I don't like this. If I make $75,000 or more, they get a cut of my profits. Unless you're a creator and a good creator, you're not going to make that much money in a year. You're not. 
I thought yeah. it was seven hundred and fifty thousand. I think it was seven seventy five thousand. I don't remember. Oh, Whatever okay. the number is. Yeah. Whichever so number either is way, still you're high not... enough that you <laughs> have to be good. Yeah. And if you're that good, I'm here to tell you, you probably don't really care that much. If you're that good, you're going to create your own game, not based on someone else's IP. Like right. the, the, at the end of the day. And there are plenty of um, other games out there that are great. Yeah. Plenty I, of games. And 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 like and I and anyone who is watching or listening to the show and is worried about your actual play content being monetized that's not it the ogl license the the most recent leak this the 2.0 leak is specifically dealt with published material it's not talking about your your fan products your actual plays your your streaming games it's it's not about that it's actually about if you create a world within or like a, a system within the dungeons and dragons using whatever they consider proprietary licensing that is where you're going to start seeing the, the monetization on. Now, for your streamers and for everyone else, what you need to worry about is, so something that came across my feed today was that, I guess, in, in preparation for D&D 1, uh, WotC sent out some swag to prominent streamers. There was a dungeon screen, a dice tray, a counter, and they were actually copied off of other people who have their own Etsy stores. And that is what you're going to have to really be the real. And this is any company is going to do this to you. And it mm -hmm. sucks, you know. Hell, Turbo Dork, we've been copied. Trust me. I know it happens. If you do something really good, it'd be great if you got the recognition and the ability to make it for a company. But the reality is, is they're going to just take a picture of it and send it to their factory and have it done. And that sucks. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that is where I, I, argue, I, I challenge people, like, make cool accessories but do not make them game exclusive if yeah. you can't because a dungeon screen will help will be good for anything yes you want a fantasy dungeon screen make a sci-fi dungeon screen but don't look at DD as a way to make an income right now because yeah. oh, sorry go on john because like, really at the end of the day and i hate to put this bluntly you are literally making money off of their ip and of course they want a piece of that yeah and and like the ogl was a boon for everyone it is way more generous than anything ever should have been and it did kickstart dnd i was working at alliance games distribution when dnd third edition came out and it kickstarted stuff there was immediately third-party product on the shelf it was great for that it got stuff going but it also ended up being the dark side a little bit because it, it caused some problems but it was good for you for years and you've got to look at any company is going to look at that and go this is not sustainable people are making tons of money off our IP, we need to get part of that because that's how the corporate world works. And, and that's how really, I mean, it's how the world works, like, yeah. whether you like it or not. I mean, and here's the other the other thing, and as you two are older than me and have been in this industry, uh, you know, uh, Watsi does this. Watsi does really good with something. They get a lot of attention, and then they shoot themselves in the foot. It always happens. Yep. We've seen this. I've seen it in my lifetime three times before. And, and that's what we're doing. We're seeing that Pendulum, it got really popular. Now they're going to kill their own IP again. And, and the problem is, is, is I look at games like, you know, say what you want about Games Workshop. Say what you want about Watsi. If these companies are doing well, everyone who makes a living on this space is doing well. And it, it, those are the bellwethers. Those are the companies that we need them to succeed for all of the rest of us to, to rise. And I hate to say it. I hate that that's the fact. But it, I mean, I've been I've been working in this industry, you know, for for 30 years now, 20, 20 plus. I don't want to age myself too much. But, yeah, it's <laughs> we've seen it. You've we've all seen it. John. Sorry, I meant for oh. my, my thing for us. Uh, oh, yeah. No, yeah. You, 
you make good points. And actually, it's funny that you say that, that my old uh, podcast, Famous Without John, we used to say all the time that a healthy games workshop was good for the miniatures companies mm-hmm. because it's the it's the gateway drug. D&D is the gateway drug for, for no matter how much you want it to not be. It is the gateway drug for uh, for role playing games and them being healthy and doing well is good for everyone. Yes. Yeah. Certain people may get hurt. And yes, it is stupid and they should find a better way to work with their content creators and the people who have helped make them that big. But then the day they're a company, they don't fucking care. Companies, you look at a company like this person's evil. No company's not evil. It just is. It is a giant machine for making money yeah. and whatever it needs to do for making money. And, you know, and I, and, and that's something I, I, you know, again, I get, but also like having, having been on so many facets of this side, I, I really wish companies would start to see the value in in what I call micro influencers, like your your people who are making custom dice, custom you know gaming gear, custom even the the smaller actual play people. Like you've got the mm-hmm. mega and and this is this this I will say across the board. I don't care what industry it is, gaming, cosplay, fashion, travel. Your mega influencers are not going to bring the people you think are bringing to the table. Those people have their fans and their fans are rabid for them and what they do. You, your micro influencers, your your white knights, your your champions, whatever you want to call them, you want to support those people and and help them grow because they will bring you a truly loyal following. And this is something that big corporations completely overlook. And I saw this constantly in my time working in in you know the more um, video game side of reporting. And everyone wanted the the. I don't know whatever the big video game streamers are. I don't know the Swedish kid who lives in Japan now. I don't know the the one who had the, all the problematic people. They all wanted those big names, but they never really brought anything to the table. But you got those those people who had like the three to five thousand follower accounts, and they had the passionate followers who wanted to interact and play the games and buy and spend their money. And and I really think like I, I doubt anyone from Hasbro is watching this podcast, but if you are. Like, I'm not an idiot. I've been working in this industry. You can see my, check out my LinkedIn. It's far more impressive than my IMDb. But <laughs> seriously, like, I really wish these companies, uh, that all companies need to get out of their, their head that, you know, monetization, yes, we all need to make money to keep something going, but you need to also make the fans happy. And I don't yeah, mean like. It's sustainable money, not just money, yeah. much like that. It's. You can make a lot of money real quick, but you're going to hurt people. But if you do it a little less, you get that sustainable money. You build that fan base. It's like, okay, so D&D 4th Edition wasn't what I liked, but I still buy it because I love D&D. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to make do until, you know, the next edition we'll find some fun stuff. You get those people because they did that with 3rd Edition to 3.5. Yep. Then 4th Edition came out. People bought it. Not everyone loved it. It wasn't for everyone, honestly. It was a little too much of a departure from what they were doing. But they had a lot of loyal people who stayed with it through that and then jumped back in at 5th edition, and now they're super happy. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and the beauty of these games is you can always go back to 3rd edition. You can always go back to 3.5. You can always go back to the OG, you know? You go to your local game over... store. Find those books. Yeah. Those places you know? have used books, usually. Yeah, yeah get, play get the game that... Get back into yeah, I mean, no, play, no, play the game that, that uh, what's his name, and I know uh, Gary Gygax and Dar- Dan Arneson created. I mean, go back and try I've, that for a game. I've played Chainmail. It's yep. a game. It's a game. I know. It's a game. I, yeah, it's a game. <laughs> um, yeah. Rip to a real one. Uh, 
Yeah, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I Obviously, it's it's a weird, it's it's extra weird being in this position to have the thoughts that I've always had about this industry, but now being a player uh, in this industry, but it hasn't changed it, you know? I think you have a unique so. position. You're a player and you own a company, so you can see both sides of this very well. Yeah, well, that's what I meant by a player being, being a, in yeah. the business side. Like, I, I you know, I'm... I, one thing people quickly learn about me is that I don't shy away from controversy. And look, I'm not the most tactful person. Like, I, I obviously want to protect my company, but at the end of the day, I have values, ethics, who knows? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just, I want, I just want a space that everyone can have fun and 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 grow. And like, here's the thing: is like, I don't want Watsy to shoot themselves in the foot. I don't want no. them to do what they always do because that means D and D goes away again. And I hate when D and D's in the 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 downswing, you know? Yes. Because it means none of us are having fun or or enjoying life or those of us that make money off of it making money. Also, it it the downswing hurts also for any of the games because we saw that with 40k also with G Games Workshop. The downswing means a lot of other game companies are going to get an influx of people, and they're going to react like this is the new normal, but it's not. Because as soon as the other, as soon as the the tides change, they're back in the upswing. They're going to abandon. Yeah. Now, I warn that of everyone who's in big on BattleTech right now. GW is kind of on the downswing. Mm -hmm. All those people left and went to BattleTech. They're not all going to stay. Yeah. You know, D and D people go to any other, but if morally speaking, you think what Watsi is doing is reprehensible, and I understand that. Mm -hmm. Fair play. You've got to do by your code. Whatever you think is right, you got to live by that. Find another game. Play it. If you don't know what game you can play, ask people. Ask us. I know a million games. Gonzo yeah. knows a million games. And we'll help you find something that might be what you like. Maybe you'll like it more. Like, honestly, I haven't played D&D since 4th edition. I didn't buy any 5th edition books. I was looking at D&D 1. I'll still look at D&D 1, you know, when it comes out for fantasy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've always been playing other games. And, yeah. you know, we'll see what's there. Just, just yeah, take a look. But There's yeah. a lot of good things. Like, I'm, I'm looking at Free League Publishing and everything they're putting out right now. There's a lot of fun stuff, especially if you want a known property, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. or just looking. Like, someone on Twitter was mm -hmm. asking for a game. We're like, I want a game where something cool happens when you fail. Not just you fail, boring, going to the next thing. I'm like, that's cool. There are games that do that. Let's talk about those. Get on Twitter. Get with gaming people find out the games that are out there that might be more of what you want you might find your new love you never yeah. know oh especially so true. Uh, captain mizzy i will so just catch up on chat uh meredith uh captain mizzy says she she'll bring her copy of boop because uh, i guess the oh, Depticon doesn't have it and she'll bring her copy so that way y'all can play it Yay. Uh, maybe teach them a little bit because they probably won't even open it until there they'll probably be taking ah. the cellophane off whenever they get there so uh, wow, they'll get fired again oh, I know that, captain mizzy? she'll take it She'll just take it and have to live with it. Um, so I we're going to kick him in the shin. <laughs> we're going to go the over directly to the yeah, Sorry media. about that, Gonzo. I get very passionate about certain topics. <laughs> That's fine. I, we, we always I'm... catch up. You actually kind of derailed on my rants, which is good. We became <laughs> an interesting conversation instead of just John ranting. Because <laughs> my Twitter feed is full of this and... To say I'm sick of it would be putting a little too fine a point on it. It's I, I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah, that's fair. I yeah, uh, and I want some people to drink some concrete and harden the fuck up, but it is what it is. Aww. I understand they're passionate. Look, working for Games Workshop for nine and a half years, uh, many of them was on the phone. People just care more when it's their hobby. 
you know, I interviewed for another company and they're like, well, John, we were worried that your reactions to these calls weren't appropriate. I'm like, how do you mean? Well, this person was angry. I'm like, that person did not curse at me once. That person is not actually angry. That person is just concerned. They look at me horrified. Like, what? Like, look, when people work with their hobbies, they will curse at you. They don't mean it. They're angry at the situation, not angry at you. And you get used to it. Oh All right. It is yeah. now media section time. Um, John, how many you got tonight? One. One. Okay. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Meredith, how many you got? Uh, what was the question again? Sorry, I just how read, many like, how a, many media a, things you got you want to talk about? I have three. Okay, but one of them might cross over with you. Okay, yeah, I think one of them is going. So I'll go ahead and go first, um, and this will be a quick one. Um, so I brought a stack of RPGs to you know my work, and I told people that you know so now teams say, hey, if you would like to, you're more than welcome to come check out the book, take it home, read it, whatever. These are ones that I'm not you know reading and stuff. And it was interesting because I have them just sitting on my desk and they're just stacked up. And there's like, there's a Transformers RPG. There's a Power Rangers RPG. And it says, yes, one of my good friends. Yeah. I'm like, one of my good friends does that. And he role plays with it. goes, wait, you role play with one of the guys that wrote this? I'm like, yeah, he's a friend of mine. And they're like, what? No, there's no way. Did work on that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As a matter of fact, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait. I know someone who works on that. Yeah. Um, But I mean, it it really got me thinking about outside of us super geeks, super nerds, we expect all this cool stuff and all these different RPGs and different worlds and different realms. And they were like, I just thought this was just, you know, fantasy, what they see, you know, in the movies or the, the, the stereotype. And I was like, no, I've got an avatar RPG coming to me. But I was like, wait a minute. There's a last Airbender RPG coming out. I'm like, yes, I'm waiting for my copies. Um, I just got a Stargate SG-1 RPG for Christmas. Yeah. Which is funny if you remember my opinion of Stargate SG-1. He hates SG-1. <laughs> John I hates. hate it. I'm just, just not really a fan. Yeah. It's fine. But, I mean, it, but it, was, it, was, it was very interesting to see, you know, being in this world for so long and doing it so often, it's nice to see the new people come in and get super excited about this stuff and super excited. Um, and so it's not really like a media thing, but it was a very good epiphany to say, oh my gosh, these people are stupid excited about this. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing these new worlds and new things to them. So it was just a lot of fun and a lot of interesting things. And it was very, made my geek heart very happy that day when people were coming in and checking out books and reading them. And then they're like, I need to borrow this from that. I'm like, okay, go ahead. I'm like, don't care. Just make sure you bring it back whenever, you know, you're done reading it and stuff and everything. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to open up those doors to best way to put it to new role players. So like, it's not a big media thing, but it was there. Oh, that's cool as hell. That's why we do this, right? Yeah. Yes. hundred yes, percent. Um, so no, no rating on that. Just a super heart happy, you know, type thing. Uh, Meredith, what's your first one? BattleBots is back, baby. Yes. Fuck uh, yeah, I wish, I wish I was. I wish I was as cool as uh, Farouk and uh, could could spit those uh, ent- intros out. But yes, I'm very excited. BattleBots is back. I love BattleBots. Uh, I'm very sad. Hypershock didn't play uh, in this first round. Hopefully, that's not a spoiler because you know Hypershock will be there. Hypershock's my boys from Miami. Love them. Um, but it was a good season, good uh, intro episode. Don't want to spoil anything, but there were a lot of hits, a lot of a uh, lot of 
bots getting very messed up uh and it's yeah i'm just happy the season's back so yeah i'm really looking forward of course i always love to see tombstone because that guy is the bad boy of thing but we haven't seen him we don't know i i I don't know if tombstone's in this season i don't know either he didn't do so good last season so i don't know if he did. He did make an appearance, so I think he's there. I just, you oh, know, we okay. don't. Okay. But yeah, um, it's like was Ray Billings there? Uh, I didn't see him. So I think he is. I mean, okay. I love seeing his bot on there because he fucks up yeah. bots. He destroys he bots does. with his. I mean, his his bot is the simplest. Just a big giant hunk of metal spinning and just so destroys good. things. Um, I love BattleBots more than anything. I love not only the the science and the geek and the nerd behind it, but there's something about two huge stupid robots just destroying the hell out of each other. Uh, it's so, I mean, how do you not love it? I like oh, yeah. I, I know when 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 Greg's like, uh, can we watch BattleBots? I'm like, fuck. Excuse me. Yes, yes, we can watch BattleBots. So <laughs> I love BattleBots. We'll f- uh, we're full cursing here. Feel yeah. free. Yeah, yeah. We're um, full. We do not yeah, care. It, yeah, but it was it was really good. It was a really good opening uh, opening season. So I'm looking forward to next week already. I wish we had more. Uh, they did do a different take on how they're doing things, and now uh, usually just they did the the pre pairings, but you didn't see who they're paired up against. And now you see who they're paired up against um, before their next round. So you can see who their their four opponents are to see their seating and ranking in the in the next bracket. So I'm like I'm all cool for it. Ooh, hipster stole my beer. <laughs> thanks for the raid, hipsters. <laughs> uh, thanks for the raid, man. Thanks for the raid. Um, but yeah, I love BattleBots. I love seeing... I mean, I fast-forward through some of this stuff because I don't you know, care about it that much. Yeah. Um, I don't need the preamble. I like the uh, I like the fights. I love hearing Farouk because Farouk's yeah, sayings Farouk. are just amazing. He's the best. A pirate is free. You are a pirate. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a blast. I can't wait to see more of it. What do you give it your, so far, your... Oh, have you explained the scale to her? You have explained oh, the scale? Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She knows the scale. You have, it's going to get... Uh, it's going to get, like, so So we have Cats to Casablanca, right? That's our scale? <laughs> One of our scales. Cats being the worst movie ever made. Casablanca oh, yeah, being no, the wait, perfect. What was the other scale? Cats and Casablanca was the only one that I, like, actually, uh, my, my brain... Uh, uh, you know, um, stuck on. What was the other scale? The other one was Space Herpes, based on the 1980-something oh, yeah. uh, ice, ice Pirates. Pirates. Which you yeah, have to so, watch. You'll have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I do certainly watch it. No, I would give, okay, I'd give the opening uh, season episode of BattleBots Battle a two Space Herpes. Okay. Because it didn't have, it would have gotten a one if it had Hypershock. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the follow, hipster. Sold my beer. Um, John, what's your first one? My first one? My only one? <laughs> so I told you, I think, I might have told you, that uh, there's a movie I wanted to watch. It was New Year's themed that I never got a chance to from, in this case, turns out to be from 1995, called Strange Days. Oh, yes. It was not streaming anywhere. So I, find, I found a copy for my region on Walmart and bought it. Two days later, it's streaming on HBO Max, of course, uh-huh. because that's sort of my luck on that. But I did finally watch that, and it's uh, basically it's uh, Ray Fiennes, Juliette Lewis, and Angela Bassett, and it's set in the 1999, the New Year's Eve, basically turned to the year 2000, and it's 
It's a, I'll be honest, it's a very simple movie when you get down to it. It's got some interesting parts, some interesting sort of, uh, it's very cyberpunk actually, considering that it's only set four years after it's, you know, the date it was filmed, filmed in 95 or came out in 95. So filmed in 94 and then released it, you know, then set in 2000, but it's got some good, uh, cyberpunk sort of ideas with the whole thing where you jack into people's memories you 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 live them and experience them through this vr headset thing um and it's just basically a you know a mystery conspiracy plot thing um anyone who's watched enough movies will watch this and immediately figure out the majority of the plot that's fine uh it's still interesting through the whole thing not necessarily great it is a it is rated r and very rated r I found some of it a bit unsavory, to be honest. Um, it's one of Catherine Bigelow's first movies, and it was written by James Cameron, which I noticed in the credits. And I'm like, oh, it's standard James Cameron writing. Solid, but not exceptional. <laughs> um, I did enjoy it overall. I think Ray Fiennes and Angel Bassett both gave great performances. Um, the rest of the cast is fine. Juliet Hewitt Lewis, I'm, you know... Apologies to anyone who's a huge fan of hers and ever thought she was a great actress. She's fine-ish. Um, but it's enjoyable if you like that sort of cyberpunk theme, sort of more mystery what's going on than action. But it does have some action beats. Um, I gave it two Space Herpes. It's it's enjoyable. Catch on HBO Max. You don't necessarily need to buy it. Um, I'm not, like, upset I bought it, but I'm not, like, I was a little disappointed when it came out on streaming afterwards. Worth a watch. Maybe watch it around New Year's so you get that sort of New Year's effect on it. Um, but yeah, not not like a go out and must see it now. And how many spare serpies? I just said two. Oh, did you say two? Sorry, someone came through. I fault. Um, so guns doesn't pay attention to me at all. Oh. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Of course, started watching, you know, everything I can. Uh, John is still behind on Willow, and of course, we're not going to spoil it, I think. I'm going to try and complete. It's last episode this week, right? I think so. Yeah, so I'm going to try and get it all. I mean, there's five days in this week. I can't possibly have to work three of them late. Cannot possibly. <laughs> but. Yeah, you say that. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a backup plan. I just need my internet connection to not be shitty. Friday, my internet connection was kind of shitty. You try answering calls with a seven-minute delay in some cases. It's fun. Oh, no. No, no it's not. No. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Um, so I'm not going to comment on Willow. It's I think it's gotten better as the episodes have gone on, by the way. I will comment on that. Once the season is over with, I'll give a final rating, but I did, I'm did. i still yep. caught up on that. Which uh, will likely be next week, but non-spoiler still. Yes, non-spoiler still. Uh, also, uh, the new episodes of Bad Batch. Uh, okay, I watched the first two. I'll give it a rating after that. But is, is that Clone Wars? Yeah, it's the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, I know yeah, you're not in it. But um, I did watch Strange World, which is a Disney movie. Uh, oh, about, I gotcha. Okay, yeah. yeah. The one that didn't that really one. promote enough. Yeah, it didn't promote it yeah. at all. None. Yeah. Zero. Zip. Nada. Um, barely anything on it. Um, and it was just okay. It was, it was just all right. Um, had some good feel good stuff in it. Um, had some good, uh, artwork, good animation, uh, good characters, you know, type thing. Nothing huge. It was just a meh type movie. Uh, and I can see why they didn't push it because there really wasn't, there wasn't much to it. Uh, it did. It is a 
story with an agenda behind it, um, you know, about working with Mother Nature and so on and so forth. And you see that from the very beginning. Um, and you, it, the plot is open, you know, wide as soon as you turn it on. But, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just okay. Not, you know, nothing I would write home. So it gets me, you know, my 2.5 Space Herpy rating because it was just there. There wasn't much behind it. So um, it was meh. Yeah, it hits that meh 2.5 Space Herpy rating. Meh. So, uh, Meredith? Um, oh, so for some reason, I thought one was highest on Space Herpes, five was lowest. So I retract my battle bots. It was a four Space Herpes. Well, it, so. four is worse. Oh, four no, the worse. two. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. two. Yeah, sorry. the higher you go. So two you... is like, yeah. it was okay. Yeah, two yeah. was great. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, we just finished Andor, and I loved it. I know it's probably controversial. Uh, look, I love Star Wars, but the, the anything coming out with like the Rogue One and Andor, Andor stuff has been my favorite so far. It's so great to see this little facet of the Empire. You know, you, we talk about Dragonlance. We talk about a story that we know what the heroes do and how they do it. Um, and here we have like uh, just an amazing little like pocket of an episode or of a series. And there is a jailbreak episode that I have to say is just one of my favorite jailbreak episodes of all genres of that. Um, I, I definitely would give it a one space herpes. It would get a, it would get a Casablanca from me. I don't know. I loved Andor. It was good. Um, I stopped basically when he got sentenced to prison, I realized I, it was good quality. I had no complaints with the quality. I just wasn't enjoying it. If you understand. Yeah, no, I get that. And and you actually probably missed the best episode of the season was the oh, prison escape one. It's still there. I can go back yeah. and watch That's it. That's true. You can. You when, can. Uh, yeah. When things I, are I, on the up, yeah. I can watch it. Yeah. But when things are down, I don't watch that. And yeah. Like I said, the quality was there. I loved the, uh, the episodes there. It was all like, this is all very good quality. I just was like, you know, it's like, a, I said, it's like, it's like uh, the Dark Knight, the movie. Yeah. I would never say it's a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's a very well-crafted, it is a, a, a cinematically is a good movie. I just don't fucking enjoy it. That's fair. You know, yeah. I watch it. I'm like, this is negative as fuck. It's not what I want to see. Yeah. I, yeah. And for me, like where I am right now in my life, what I was looking for from a star Wars thing and, or tick those boxes for me in a awesome. way that Obi-Wan, I gave up on Obi-Wan. So, uh, I think Obi-Wan ended. Okay. And actually, oh. if you want to give it another chance, okay. Um, there is a YouTuber who does, um, she's a professional fight choreographer. Nice. A fright uh, participant. She does that yeah. stage fighting. Um, I'll try to remember her name while I'm looking at this thing here. She does an overview of it that I'm not sure if everything she sees there is intentional. Mm -hmm. But if she is, it's fucking amazing. Okay, that's cool. It ends a I... lot stronger than it starts. Oh, good. Um, but Because uh, I, I, I feel I... like with with uh, Obi-Wan, I, I wanted the young Leia show. Is actually what I wanted from it. So. Oh, yeah. I'll agree with that still, even with what I said. I mean, yeah. I was, Gonzo, I'll tell you, there was an episode, like the second episode, of, I was like, I ripped that one a new one because it was not good. Mm -hmm. Because, like, like it was, some episodes, they, they were a little lazy on it, but I think they, they kind of stuck the landing. And I've mentioned in the past that I think that sticking the landing helps media way more than not. Yeah. Like, you can good. have the best beginning ever, yeah. uh, Game of Thrones, which I haven't watched, but I've heard. And then just shit on the landing and people just look at you as terrible. Yeah. But if you like mediocre through the beginning and, and raise up and then you stick the landing, something like 
Thor Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. people will look more favorably on you. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, I'll give it another shot then. Yeah, but I'll find that and let you know. I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, it, I may be slightly drunk and not able to think properly. <laughs> it's fine. That's what Twitter's for. <laughs> um, <clears throat> John, do you want to go next? Or you, you want to hold off on yours until I go through a couple more of mine? Well, I had one. I thought I you had two. One, so I think mathematically I'm done. Oh, fine. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, um, a while back I tried watching this show and I couldn't get into it. And so I put it on hold and I guess the series finale just finished and I started watching his dark material. Um, <clears throat> it's on HBO max. It's based off of what the Americans got as the golden compass and it's season one, two, and three. So each season is one of the books. Um, and it's built as this girl is supposed to be the savior of the world. She's going to do everything. She's going to save, you know, get all these prophecies going on and she's going to be the, you know, the hero of the world. I'm like, okay, I'm all behind this. I, I got it. I like this. Uh, this, the world they're in is kind of a steampunky type world. Cool. It's got magic. Cool. Season one was really boring. It was very, very slow. I was not happy with it. I would give it a meh. For seasons. I was not happy. I'm not going to spoil it because the season just ended. So, you know, I'm not going to spoil the ending. But if you build the character as the savior of the world, she better be the fucking savior of the world. Or you're just ruining the entire story for me. And that's what happened. Um, and so when I was watching it, season two, season one was just meh. Season two, I really liked. I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. Season three, first half, really good. Second half, I thought it was, I should say the last two episodes were crap, in my opinion. I was really upset with it because they build it as this, you know, XYZ story. And this person's supposed to do XYZ to save the world. And it just, it it didn't go that way. And the thing is, I, I get it if it was not supposed to go that way. And it was part of the story. But don't give me two and a half seasons of this character supposed to save the world and you shit all over the story. Um, and so I was not happy with it. Um, season two, really good. I'd say probably like a one season three, everything up to the last two episodes were pretty good. Um, sets, costumes, all of that acting. No problem. Um, there was quite a bit of green screen in some of it, uh, later on in the end, but I get it because of what they were showing. Um, but I mean, overall, it really wasn't production wise, not an issue. Character wise, not an issue. Story just fell flat at the end and fell flat to, I was like, I didn't really don't even care. I didn't even care. I was like, I wanted to just, I was like, okay, if I don't see the rest of it, I'm okay with that. Um, cause I was not, and it was still kind of. You know, you real. I actually had to go and Google some of the information to make sure to figure out what I saw was what was happening and how it was to get the full understanding because it just wasn't there. Um, so I was kind of disappointed in it. I say overall the entire series, probably two and a half to three space herpes because it was just it was a letdown. Uh, and I was really upset about that because it's, it's a really cool story. It's a really cool world. You know, it deals with the multiverse. And, you know, there are some good, you know, jabs at religion and, you know, poking, you know, fun at this stuff and poking holes in it. And I was like, I 
don't want it. I want to be immersed in this. And I was immersed into it until the very end. And then until the very end, just totally screwed me over. And I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm done. Not sticking the landing. No, yep, did not. Exactly. Did <laughs> not stick the landing oh, at all. A shame. And I was so upset about that, too. Because uh, I actually started over uh, at season one and started at the very, very first episode because I knew I'd missed a few. You know, I, I, it had been a while, but it was just bad. I was not happy about it. Uh, Meredith, your go. So Netflix released an interesting new heist concept called Kaleidoscope. It stars Giancarlo Esposito, who I absolutely love from Breaking Bad. Um, and then uh, also uh, in in the show, uh, Taddy Gabrielle, who was Prudence in Sabrina, the um, Chilean Adventures of Sabrina. She, she plays a, a pretty major character. But the, the interesting thing about kaleidoscope what netflix is doing is that everyone who watches it is getting it released in a different order with the exception of the episode white so they're all dubbed colors yellow violet red green white's the final episode that you should watch um we started off with yellow i'm glad we did because that seems like a good introduction like you i think they should force people to start with yellow because that's kind of sets the whole story and then we ended up with green and then violet and it's interesting because it's telling different time periods of these characters of how they meet how they get together why why this heist means something what happens after the heist um and it's it's pretty ambitious i don't know if it's a good ambition yet the series overall though i've really enjoyed if nothing else like i said Giancarlo's um performance is out of this world it might be you know i didn't think anything could top him as gus fring and he is Mm, he's just proven to be a real powerhouse, but I love a good heist. Uh, and I, I do like what Netflix is doing with this and they've got a pretty powerful cast. So I really dig in it. I started episode one and I'm halfway through episode two. I don't know what color I'm on because it's all random. We, yeah, you, exactly. you don't know, you don't know what yeah. color you're going to get or which one you're going to go with. Um, but from what I understand, everybody says that it's not hard to follow even no, no matter what pattern you get. Yeah. Uh, which I, I'm good with, because if this is something that you, it would be hard to follow, you would be really pissed off with this show. Right. Uh, there is a, uh, I did look it up, and there is a linear color stream that you can watch it in. So you oh, can get a linear pattern to yeah. the story. Um, but l- just like you, I love a good heist movie. You know, Ocean's Eleven, et cetera, et cetera. I love good heist type stuff. Um, I think it's amazing um the characters are good like i said i'm only at episode one and a half episodes in um so gonna have to watch it um i'm liking it so far characters are good story's good um the reasoning behind it is good um i think this is a big this is a something that it's either gonna make it or break it type thing with this random episodes um and making it where it and not gonna feel like you're lost when you watch exactly. something, because when you watch a movie, you're like point A to point B type thing. You mean yeah. like my problem with uh, Witcher season one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Too, too yeah, many time a jumps. Lot show, what was, a lot of shows that season decided to do weird uh, time time skips like that. And and that's I, I, at least I, I, I'll tell you this with Kaleidoscope. It's not a gimmick. It's not trying to purposely make you think you're watching something at a different time period. Um, I think it's a it's an interesting thing that I don't I hope other shows don't copy because I think it works specifically in this world that they've done. Yeah, if, if, I mean, if, I'm fine as long as they're clear about the time frame. But when you yeah. when you obfuscate it, that becomes like because you're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, you motherfuckers. 
Yeah, you can definitely tell when there's a time jump or yeah. there's different because the characters dress and act different and you know hairstyles and you were able to tell that right off the bat. Yeah, it's it's more about there's an underlying plot line of that there is obviously someone who is a mole in all of this and trying to figure out who is the person that that's screwing over the team um is kind of like the the gimmick fun thing and that's why they want people to talk about it like well like on episode green i saw this so i think so and so is the mole or you know um stuff like that so i think i think it's got potential it's not great so far for me because i'm only in episode one and a half in so i've I've got to wait but I, I'm interested enough because I love a good heist movie. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with you on that. Uh, that was yeah. one of the ones I'm going to talk about. Uh, the only, my last one really is on Disney Plus also, and it is a Bollywood movie called Brahmastra. And it is a superhero Bollywood movie. Uh, pretty much it is going to be like their Infinity Gauntlet, the best way to put it. Um the people grow up and they have special powers, but some of them don't know they have special powers, but there's a secret organization of people that have superpowers and they got to do all these super powerful, cool things. And of course, being a Bollywood movie, you know, you've got some of the worst breaks of reality and physics is physics is nowhere in this at all. Yeah. Well, it's refreshing sometimes. Yes. Yeah, it's a I good change it, of pace. Actually. Yes. And with this, it's definitely a good change of pace. Uh, it is uh, dubbed in English. So, you know, if you need that, you're good with it. Uh, you do have a subtitled version if you like. Um, but I enjoyed it. It was kind of fun. It was over the top crazy. The special effects were top notch in this. I thought it was really, really good. Whoever they hired to make sure they got good special effects with the fire and everything. I mean, you can tell it. I mean, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it was above standard special effects. I was really, really interested. Now, episode two is not going to come out for another year and a half. So I'm like, shit, you know, type thing. Well, now I'm going to wait. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's a superhero show where people gain superhero powers that they can do cool things. And, of course, they're stopping, trying to stop this main bad guy from coming back from whatever uh, type stuff. It does have your standard, you know, Bollywood music and dance and so on and so forth, which I enjoy. I love that stuff in there. It, it, it fits. It's, neat. It, you know, it's, it's their thing. Um, so you expect it. But, I mean, it was a good, fun watch. Um Better than a poke in the eye with a stick and better than Strange Worlds. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, this this was pretty good. You can tell they put a lot of effort into this and put a lot of good special effects into it. Um, but it, like I said, it's their big, you know, big superhero push type thing. And so I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was uh, good fun. Uh, and you can pause it and watch it because it's actually a pretty long, uh, I think it's almost three hours type thing. Nice. Uh so, you know, you may have to watch it in spurts, but I enjoyed it. I would give it probably one Space Herpes um, just because, you know, you, you if, if you're not into Bollywood stuff, you're just going to be like, yeah, this is stupid. But, I mean, if you understand Bollywood, you know, type movies and superhero stuff, you'll be like, all right, this is not too bad. This is, this okay, is pretty I'm, decent. I love Bollywood movies, so I will definitely check this out. Yeah. Um, yeah, this looks. This actually looks really fun. Yeah, if you like Bollywood, what's the other one that I watched? And all three of them are out there. Uh, 
oh man, what was the other one? And it's like way over the top Bollywood stuff. Um, oh gosh. I, I know um, uh, uh, what's his current name? Hale Boop made me watch uh, Sing Him before, and that was that was oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, Sing Him was I, I'm like enjoyable. I'm a big fan. I I, I will year, watch every year. Mine who na? It's about a uh, undercover detective going into uh, high school, and uh, he ends up having a romance with one of the other teachers. It's it's really cute. The songs are really catchy. That's cool. Uh, I can't remember it, but it's a big superhero. It's a big um, movie that has like three into it, and it's got a ton of over-the-top Bahu Mari or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to look it up. Bahu um, Bali? That's what uh, Captain Mizzy said in uh, chat. Is it? Yes. It's something like that. It, it's it's on there, and it's it's got all three episodes. on. I think it's on Netflix uh, or oh, maybe yeah, Amazon Prime. A- what genre is it? It's uh, it's a story about one of their, you know, heritage type stuff. Is that the uh, same actor playing two roles? Uh, no, but it is Bahubali. The Bahubali is what it's called. I'll, okay, cool. The the beginning is the first one, and it was really really good. I was like, fuck yeah, I could get into this. Nice. Yeah, there's. I think I've seen some clips from this. It was pretty, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. pretty like, fr- like, out of context. You're like, wow, that is fucking crazy. Yeah. But the important thing in a movie is if it, if you're still in it when that shit happens in the movie, because that's all that matters. When you watch it from the beginning to the end, if you're in it the whole time, then they've done their job. Oh yeah, you watch this and you're like, holy fucking shit! Some twelve year old that is all off of his ADH meds eating Pop Rocks and Joke Cola wrote some of this action scene, and you're like, I'm all fucking in. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about Batman Ninja again? Meredith, <laughs> have you seen Batman Ninja? I, unfor- yes. Okay. <laughs> like, it must be seen. Like, I say that. I don't, I've I, seen it. I, I don't care if you think it's good or bad. It I've must seen be it. seen, and you I've must decide it. how much cocaine they gave the writers to make that. That's, I've seen it. I don't know if I can even express a judgment on it because it surpasses. Love... Yeah, it surpasses the Star Wars Christmas special in so many ways. <laughs> I find that it more is... watchable, but that's it fair. It exists. Fair. Someone made that, and it exists. So. But, well, guys, we appreciate you being on the air with us, hanging out with us. Meredith, of course, we appreciate you coming on and having a good time with us. It was a lot of fun. Um, Guys, we are going to send you off to the painting dad tonight. Uh, So stick around. Make sure you give him a follow and a like and all that stuff. Um, He's kind of just starting out. uh, And give him, uh, I think he's painting up some Star Wars miniatures, by the way, when I last checked on it. Um, Guys, please be careful. Please look after each other. Please, please, please make sure that you're healthy and safe. And if anything, we will see you. uh, I will definitely see you at uh, Adepticon if you're going to be there. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Meredith. Good night. Time to suffer up. (laughs) Time to go medicate cat.